1041. Hello, everybody, and a good dense fog advisory morning until 9 o'clock. I am personally very excited because today is a lunch bunch at Retro Metro. What? 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 I I don't know what I'm going to have on the uh, lunch bunch menu. I'm trying to have something every day or every every week that's different. Because prior to lunch bunch, every time I would go, I I just I would always get that that stroganoff, the Nana stroganoff. Oh, it's just so good. Did you have that last time? Have you had no, that yet? I had some. It's delicious. Wagyu sliders last time, oh. and they were pretty darn good. I am forcing myself with lunch bunch to try something different every time. And I'm going to continue to try and do that. Since we've done Lunch Bunch, I've been successful in doing just that. Uh, If you have not signed up for Lunch Bunch, just go to ksgf.com. And if you are chosen, then you and up to five of your friends or coworkers uh, are going to join us for lunch at Retro Metro on a Wednesday. And and I say friends or co It's a lunch, but, you know, a lot of times work. You go to, if you work during the day, uh, you go to lunch with coworkers. But, for example, the most uh, recently contacted winner that we booked for a future Wednesday, she is a photographer. And so she doesn't really have coworkers. She uh, is her own boss. And so in that instance, she's going to bring you know some family members, which is perfectly fine. It's all about you having a great lunch at Retro Metro, and they do a fantastic job. And we taught last time we uh, had some... Uh, it's it's spinach. I forget exactly. Is it flash fried? Is that what oh, it's called mm-hmm. on the menu? And uh, it actually isn't on our menu specifically, but the owner uh, tossed some up and brought it out. And you wouldn't think, like spinach, and everyone sat around talking about, you would not think that spinach would be as delicious as this. And it truly is. So if you haven't had an opportunity to get signed up, do so, or you don't have to wait for that lunch. Uh, you can go have lunch there any day that you want to. It's a fantastic place. Uh, All right, so as I expected, Senator Slumlord of Georgia won re-election, beating out Herschel Walker, which I'm sure will solidify Mitch McConnell's place as leader of the Republicans in the Senate because because losing is a badge of honor. This used to be something that even I, and, and accurately so, would uh, note as a a resume enhancer for Democrats. The bigger loser you are, the greater your advancement is. And and while it isn't necessarily an advancement tool for Republicans, it certainly helps uh, with job security. And how on earth Republicans can justify continuing to have Mitch McConnell as the leader in the Senate is beyond me. You know, when you look at the situation in the House versus the Senate and choosing of leadership, uh, you've got different components at play here. McCarthy, for example, 
the Republicans, of course, are going to control the House. And so whomever is going to be the leader of the Republican Party, uh, you, you know, what you're ultimately looking at, let, let's put it this way, the top Republican position in the House of Representatives is going to be Speaker of the House. That means Democrats get a vote in it as well. There are a number of Republicans that are the non-establishment conservative caucus Republicans that say McCarthy, he's too establishment, he's, he's not, he is not who we need. We need to take advantage of this moment and get someone in there that's going to make some real non-establishment differences. And the concern here, however, is that we're talking about Democrats get a say in this, and the and McCarthy, of course, will get that position if all the Republicans band together. You could lose just a couple, but you can't lose that many. And if you have as many as who have signaled they will not support him, not support him, and then you have the rest of the Republican Party. Uh, you know, maybe you get some Democrats that come over, but arguably what they've talked about here is that they'll get some left wing quote Republican, a Liz Cheney style that the establishment Republicans will uh, get behind and that Democrats will approve of. And then that will create enough votes to make a, 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 a bad choice for Speaker of the House. And so there there is this decision that has to be it's it's beyond just all right who's going to be sort of the leader of the republicans here you've got in play the speaker of the house position with the senate i I suppose this is the upside of republicans actually losing ground in the senate when they were supposed to at the very least come out even the upside of that is you don't have to worry about this impacting the who is going to be leader of the Senate. Because Republicans are the only ones who get a say in the position of leadership of the the Republicans in the Senate as the minority party. So we don't have to worry about any of these, well, what if this happens, and then the, the Democrats, they get to weigh in and so forth. Republicans get to choose. And there, if the goal truly is, as Republicans say, leading us in the right direction, there is no reason that I've seen yet put forth that Mitch McConnell should continue to be in that position. None. Now, I think most of us are wise enough to recognize that when it comes to the McConnells and the Romneys and the Blunts and some of these others, that it's not really about what's best for the country. That That's not what's at play here. In fact, prior to the midterms, I had been warning, and others had as well, that as long as, as Donald Trump was still in the picture, the Mitch McConnells of the world, the, the Mitt Romneys of the world, they don't want Republicans to have control of the Senate. They'd much rather sit and be in the, major, in, in the minority. Because the last thing they want to deal with is having control of the Senate and the possibility of Trump being president again. 
And then when agenda items don't get pushed through, when the Make America Great Again, uh, America First Again uh, agenda is pushed by Trump, they don't want to have to deal with the ones to block it because that's not where their minds truly are. And so it's much easier just to sit back, stay in this cushy position of, golly gee, there's nothing we can do. We're in the minority here. And ultimately, they've succeeded. So the Republicans, this vote will be interesting. The Republicans in the Senate, who are perfectly fine losing, who are perfectly fine being in the minority, because in reality, the, the, the direction of the country is not that big of a deal to them. They will be voting for Mitch McConnell. And because Republicans as a party right now appear to be intent on being losers, I suspect Mitch McConnell will retain that position. It's going to be a huge signal to all of us as Americans and Republican voters. What direction do they want to go? Do they want to win or do they want to lose? I mean, what happens when you have a, 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 a team, a football team, that just consistently loses, that is clear that with those same people or that same coach in charge, the same management, things are not going to change because they're not willing to do anything different. You get rid of them unless you want to continue to lose. Jason Rima with the latest news update. Springfield police have ruled the deaths of a couple Saturday in the 700 block of West Whiteside, a murder-suicide. Police say 44-year-old Lavare W.D. Everett shot and killed 45-year-old Christina Lopez and then shot himself. Meantime, Missouri Senator Roy Blunt gave his farewell speech on the Senate floor Tuesday, talking about the inefficiencies that exist in Congress when it comes to getting work done. For 225 years, the topics of what to fund and how to pay for it dominated the congressional debate. And we frankly need to get back to that, where people see what's going on and members feel bought into what's going on. Blunt says finding someone on the other side to work with produces the most lasting results. And city leaders in Ozark have put everything on hold after voters said no to a use tax for public safety for a third time. The city administrator says about $1.1 million, or 80% of sales tax revenues, goes to pay for the police department. But he says more money is needed to keep up as the city expands. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast, uh, dense fog advisory until 9 this morning. We are looking at uh, widespread dense fog, cloudy, 55 for a high rain. One to two inches possible overnight with a low of 48. Rain continuing tomorrow with a high of 59, mostly sunny Friday with a high of 53. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, all of your home buying selling needs. Saw a, uh, an op-ed piece regarding why it is that all of a sudden so many houses went off of the market. And I, I didn't read the article, but here's what I know. People see headlines like that, and it signals to them that something's going on. That must mean it's not a good time to put my home in the market. Should I wait until this happens or that happens? Don't. Don't go off of, of headlines. Don't go off of what your friends are saying. Don't go off of what your friends uh, who has a cousin who's in the industry is saying. I, 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 any questions that you have regarding that, buying or selling a home, 
Is this the right time? Should I wait? Should I not wait? What's the situation here? Talk to Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, okay? She's going to give you the straight up about what's going on. She's in it every single day. I mean, she is part of that industry. She's not somebody who has a friend in the industry. She is there. And it also varies depending on where you are in the country and in the state. What is happening in Flagstaff, Arizona is not necessarily what's happening in uh, Willard, Missouri. And so what your you know friend who's in the industry on the other side of the country or a few states away is seeing may be much different than what we're seeing here in the area. I mean, after all, you look at states like California, New Jersey, New York, blue states, and people are fleeing those states, and they're, they're looking to buy homes in states like this. So just that in and of itself tells you that from area to area of the country, the market's different, and that's why any questions you have, you need to get connected up with Emily Johnson House Theory Realty. So um, a couple of other things on the um, what I expected and predicted would be a loss in the Georgia race and the Democrats reelecting a slumlord and accused wife abuser into the U.S. Senate. They've got a real between Fetterman and and Sanders. You got, they have a woman who uh, the majority of her life lied about her heritage. Uh, claiming she was in India. It's almost like this dysfunctional village people that the 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 uh, Democrats have put together. You got the fake Indian, which I guess the village people had one of those as well. Uh, but instead of uh, some of the other positions, you've got Warnock, who is a preacher. That, of course, from the party that claims they believe in so-called separation of church and state. He's also a slumlord and, again, accused wife beater. Uh, you've got Fetterman, who just shuffles around, can't speak coherently. Uh, I mean, it, it's just a real winning bench that they... I, it, our U.S. Senate, you look at it and you think, oh yeah, this country has it going on. <laughs> you imagine being an intellect, like a Rand, or, uh, Rand Paul, and those are your colleagues... It has got to be one of the most frustrating experiences. Coca-Cola getting trolled in uh, in an ad, the Honest Election Project, reminding in the ad, quote, Coca-Cola attacked Georgia's election laws a step backwards that would diminish or deter access to voting after Georgia made it easier to vote and harder to cheat. The state law saw its most successful election in history, shattering records for early and absentee voting. In addition to the reminder to Georgians before the runoff, the House Election Project also made sure that Major League Baseball's leadership knew that Georgians still remember the damage caused by the league's decision to cave to Democrats like Joe Biden and woke activist lies used as partisan bludgeon. Yeah, and how is it that Warnock's able to win with Jim Crow 2.0 laws put into place? How, how is that? I, I, I believe from well, we all recall this. We were all told by Democrats that if election laws like the ones that were put into place in Georgia occurred. It would be the end of democracy. Republicans would be stealing elections. Yet here it is. It's amazing. Despite that, a Democrat who is a slumlord got elected to the U.S. Senate. How did that happen? Has Coca-Cola apologized for the lies? 
has Major League Baseball apologized for the lies? All of these lies that that law was going to disenfranchise people from voting. And amazingly enough, somehow, they were all going to be Democrats. I will point out, I do believe that if it were not for Republicans, and this is the irony of it, allowing for early voting in the so-called Jim Crow 2.0 election laws, Walker would have won. When you have margins as close as they were, and and we're not talking half a percentage point, I think 99% of the vote counted, and it was like 48.6 to 51.4, somewhere around there. When it's that close, it's the early voting. The, The Republicans acknowledged that because of the massive amount of ballots that Democrats are able to successfully suck up, grab by the armfuls due to the the early voting, it was going to take a 60% margin of, of voting day voting, of election day voting, by Walker in order to overcome that. 60%. So look at how the Republicans in Georgia, and, and even on a national level, there, there seems to be no national voice saying, Republicans, stop doing this. Look at all of the crap that Republicans had thrown at them for handing this gift to Democrats of early voting. They were called racist. You had uh, uh, different actors and producers pulling out of projects out of Georgia. Georgia is a hotbed for uh, movies and documentaries because they give uh, significant tax incentives. And the left, who claim that the rich don't pay enough in taxes and that we need more taxes, they flock to Georgia uh, in order to benefit, you know, in order to not pay as much in taxes. And there were many of those that out of principle, because of these election laws, they were going to, they, they pulled out, Major League Baseball pulled out for the, uh, the All-Star game, doing tremendous economic damage disproportionately to minority-owned businesses. Coca-Cola trashing on, on the state. Because of the pop culture propaganda, you have the, the, the American people constantly being bombarded with accusations that Georgia is, is a state run by Republicans who are racist, they're Klansperson's, and, and all based off of what? The, this election package that they passed, and it is because of that, I believe, and I think the evidence shows it, that Democrats won that election. Because if it weren't for the early voting component, I believe all of the evidence shows that Herschel Walker would have won. So that's what they get for their efforts. That's what they get for throwing in early voting in order to placate the left. And this was, of course, in in the, the pandemic and Republicans did not want to be accused of. And here's how it works, by the way. Republicans don't want to be accused in the context of the pandemic of forcing grandma to risk her life to vote. And... Then when the pandemic's over, of course, if Republicans say, okay, we need to get rid of that because we don't have the pandemic concerns anymore, they're accused of trying to roll back access to voting. And they get scared and they say, okay, 
Even in Missouri, we have what, five days of early voting. Why Republicans insist on constantly changing the rules to benefit Democrats is beyond me. And they'll run around saying, but we got photo ID, which in the, the, the scheme of things is totally and completely irrelevant when it comes to these elections. And I'm not saying it's not needed. I can I, that is just a talking point for Democrats the photo ID situation they could honestly not care if if they would if they had to choose between early voting and and not requiring photo ID they'd say you know what photo ID all day long that's absolutely fine let's do the early voting and that's what they get handed in a number of different states Springfield's Talk 1041 I'm Nick Reed You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Local is. It's always important for a number of reasons. And and, uh, I, I will say this I'm one of these folks that I'm not about local automatically means good. And here's why I have known some local business owners that are a holes. And they treat employees poorly. I've also known <laughs> people who are management at franchises or corporations, and, and, and they're local people, and they hire local employees, and, and they're really great. So I, I don't believe that just you can automatically assume that local people are fantastic. That being said, those that we work with are In my experience, and one of the things that we do every year, we did last Friday, I uh, I hit a number of local businesses, and uh, it's just a reminder of some of our partners, some of the good folks, so many of these, the people who own it, when you are there, you will see them, you will talk to them. They, they are the employee who works the most hours. And we're talking about uh, places like Quick Draw Gun and Monette, Ming Auto Beauty Center. I mean, owner there, owner there, uh, ABC Books, North Glenstone, owner there. I mean, I'm telling you, every time I go into any of these places, the owner is the the employee. I mean, there are other employees there as well, but they are an employee also. Just for him, same thing. Um, scramblers, we do the show there. Retro Metro, I mean, when you go down the list, it is absolutely remarkable the number of partners we have uh, that are part of this station where it really genuinely is not, it's not just a, quote, small business, but run by good people in which the it's not just some revenue source for somebody that has a bunch of different side projects going on. It is their livelihood, and they work with the employee. They go through what the employees go through as well, and that makes a really big difference. And it's one of the reasons we do what we, we do uh, when it comes to working with them, doing things like Nick's Favorite Things, and and uh, just want to you know, acknowledge those partners and thank them and, and just, at the very least, uh, keep them in mind as you do go about and do your shopping, not just in the holidays, but the rest of the year as well. Uh, I want to share, so we we're talking about, of course, the, the election results in Georgia, as expected, particularly with the lack of leadership from people like Mitch McConnell and the 
brilliant uh, election reform laws that allow for early voting, which gives Democrats uh, a significant enough uh, advantage to win in races like that when they otherwise probably would not. I mean, if you're talking about a 10 percent margin, that's not necessarily something that comes into play. But when you're talking about one, two or three percent margin, that 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 early voting is enough to give Democrats the win. And that's what Republicans have managed to do in a number of states, Georgia being one of them. But then you also have the woke corporations that trash on that legislation that helps Democrats actually get elected, but accuses Republicans of doing just the opposite in Jim Crow 2.0. You got uh, Coca-Cola, you got Major League Baseball. There there were hearings uh, in the past week regarding this potential merger between Kroger and Albertsons. Now, we don't have any of those around here any longer. Once upon a time, they were in in uh, the listening area, but it's been a very long time since either of those chains have been in the area. But they're grocery stores, and they want to merge. And there is a push, particularly amongst Democrats, to not allow them to do that. So there are hearings in the Senate. These are corporations that are also woke. They openly brag about being uh, advocates of ESG. Which a year ago, if you talked about, you were told that that was a conspiracy theory that's not happening. Now these corporations, they lead with it on their resume. They brag about it. And it's one of the reasons that they are arguing they should be allowed to merger. There are a couple, Josh Hawley did some questioning I want to play for you that is fantastic. Tom Cotton, I mean, just did, I hate to use this cliched term, but it's, it's accurate, a mic drop on them. That it was so satisfying, and and I want to play that audio also coming up. The American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447-KSGF. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast sponsored by Navant. It's N-E-V-O-N-T. It's employee benefits that work. Another locally owned partner of ours dense fog advisory until nine this morning uh looking for that widespread dense fog be careful a high today of 55 one to two inches of rain are possible overnight tonight down to 48 that rain continuing through tomorrow uh, with a high tomorrow of 59 mostly sunny though on friday with a high of 53 uh there's a chance of rain saturday again 51 and 53 on Sunday, then rain likely in, into the first part of next week. So I don't often read the weather that far out, but given that it looks like rain, rain every day, but perhaps one uh, or two, it's noteworthy, I would say. There are hearings in the U.S. Senate because there are two grocery store companies that want to merge, become one, Kroger and Albertson. You are of a certain age. You're probably familiar with these, uh, have, living in these areas. They, neither of these are, are in the listening, immediately, immediate listening area any longer. Or if you live in other parts of the country, you're probably familiar with it. They're grocery stores. And these are grocery stores that are woke. In, in fact, Kroger ended up... Um, I think it was last year, it was uh, it was April of 2019, that they were forcing workers to wear 
rainbow embroidered aprons to promote LGBTQ. And there were a couple of employees, specifically in Arkansas, that as Christians mistakenly believe that Kroger promoted diversity uh, and said, oh, well, this is our diversity. That's not really something that uh, our religion promotes, and so we'd rather not promote that. And they were fired. Within a couple of months, uh, Kroger would end up having to pay $180,000 in that lawsuit regarding that firing. They also, as part of their merger, argue they should be allowed to do it because they are promoters of ESG. And the the Democrats are the ones that are pushing back against this merger. And so you have these woke corporations that are uh, asking Republicans and the context of free market capitalism to to help protect them from the Democrats whom they support their causes. I'm going to play a couple of uh, senators both within our listening area one Arkansas Tom Cotton the other of course Josh Hawley Missouri and here he is during part of that Q&A with the two CEOs of uh, of Albertsons and Kroger and this specifically asking about the diversity component and their adherence to so-called diversity. And you talk here about your shared commitment to workforce diversity, equity, and inclusion. So let's just talk about that for a second, if we could. Maybe let's start with you, Mr. McMullen. Give me your sense of of what you mean by workforce inclusion. Does that include religious commitments? Are those relevant to workforce inclusion? Yeah, when you look at our overall ESG commitments, obviously uh, the amount of uh, impact that we have from an energy usage standpoint is incredibly important. To have a company that's inclusive in terms of from diversity, equity, inclusion, that means including everybody. Uh, uh, people are uh, promoted and rewarded based on their success and uh, ability to be a leader uh, in the organization and contribute to the organization. And we do not make judgments on anybody in terms of any of their personal beliefs uh, and do not think that's appropriate either. So that includes people of faith, I think, is what you're saying. It includes everything. So have you, has your company ever fired an employee or disciplined an employee for their religious beliefs? Um, not that I'm aware of. Well, that's interesting because Senator Cotton just read at, at some length into the record an EEOC lawsuit. That's a government lawsuit, which your company just settled after an adverse ruling by a federal district court in which you apparently took disciplinary action to the extent of firing employees in Arkansas based on their religious beliefs. Do you think that's workplace inclusion? Well, I, as I told Senator Cotton, I, I personally am not aware of the details of that. How is that possible? You're being sued by the federal government, you've settled a suit, and you don't know about it? Uh, no, I do not always know about well, that. That's, extra- that's extraordinary. Do, you, do your shareholders know about that? I mean, what else do you not know about? Uh, so, of course, and Holly's very good at this. Republicans actually dominate when it comes to the Q&A of these folks. I mean, we have some fa- – Ted Cruz is incredible. Uh, Jim Jordan over in the House is incredible. Uh, uh, Cotton is incredible. Uh, Josh Hawley is incredible. It's it's these newer Republicans, I would say, or they're not the establishment Republicans. They're very, very good at this. 
And, of course, he's making the point for, well, I don't, whether this was his intent or not, I think there are a number of points to be extracted here, but one of them is the hypocrisy of all this talk about diversity and and ESG, which is uh, environmental uh, societal governance. It's all left-wing stuff. It's about turning corporations, instead of being businesses that look out for the consumers, it's about utilizing those as political forces. And 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 so that's what that score is. And they masquerade it as, oh, there's equality and diversity. But here they it's not about equality. It's not about diversity. It's about there is a certain lifestyle you have to believe in. And if your religious beliefs in this context violate it, then we will get rid of you. And here you have the CEO claiming and it was the federal government actually came after them on this. They end up having to uh, uh, pay out. Uh, 180 grand because of two Christians that were fired because they did not want to promote uh, politically the LGBTQ cause. And the CEO's claiming, oh, I have no idea. Does anybody buy that? You're the CEO of the company. And listen, I understand there are lawsuits that occur all the time if you're a company. There's constantly lawsuits. People slip and fall, they sue you. People buy a can of tuna and it says it's got eight ounces and you measure and it has 7.8 ounces, they sue. They sue. I, so I understand you're not going to have your pulse on it. But when we are talking about religious discrimination and you have the full force of the federal government that is coming down on you and you are making national headlines, because this did make national headlines at the time. They weren't massive, but they were still out there and you're the CEO and you're like, oh, I, what? This is the first time I'm hearing of this. I had no idea. That's a lie. It's either a lie or this guy is so out of tune with what's going on with that company. He arguably, in my assessment, as an outsider, probably shouldn't be CEO. Tom Cotton. Now, this is just fantastic. With what you just heard in mind. In wrapping up his comments to these two CEOs, said the following. The situation reminds me a little bit of the situation big tech companies have found themselves in in recent years. They've come to Washington because they fear regulation from our Democratic friends or action by the Biden administration. And they expect Republicans who are traditionally more supportive of free enterprise to come to their defense. And I've cautioned them for years that if they silence Uh, conservatives and center-right voters across the country, if they discriminate against them in their company, they probably shouldn't come and ask Republican senators to carry the water for them whenever our Democratic friends want to regulate them or block their mergers. So I've heard a a lot of questioning about that today, and I've read a lot about it in the news. Um, And I'll say this. I'm sorry that's happening to you. Best of luck. That's right. Best of luck. Good for Tom Cotton. This needs to start happening. There are too many Republicans that refuse to see the writing on the wall. Republicans, when it comes to a lot of these corporations and uh, uh, establishments like the Chamber of Commerce organizations, they're like the boyfriend in denial as their girlfriend is cheating on them, and everyone in the world knows it. She's got another boyfriend on the side, almost flaunts it, but the but but the boyfriend just so desperately wants that relationship to continue to exist, uh, deludes himself and, and is constantly rationalizing and justifying and well no, they're just good friends and and everyone's like, "Dude, 
She's making a fool of you. She's out there alley-catting around. She is not being faithful to you. No, she's just, I, you know, yeah, she's a, she's a little bit flirt. That's just who she is. She's just very friendly. People misinterpret it. And you're like shaking the guy, your buddy. You're like, I'm t- listen to me. You are lying to yourself. You have got to cut this relationship off. She is making a fool of you. She is using you. Because in the meantime, she goes out. She has a good time. Uh, but, you know, whenever she needs some money or she needs a ride to work or whatever it is, she comes back to you uses you whenever it suits her, but has absolutely no loyalty, would cut you off, does cut you off whenever it suits her. And most of us have known someone like this, or hell, some of us have been in a position like this, where where you, you just... You, you convince yourself everything's fine. People are just misunderstanding what's going on. When it really comes down to it, oh, she loves me. She always comes back to me. And everyone sees it except that guy. And that's how a lot of Republicans are with some of these businesses, with these corporations, and with institutions like the Chamber of Commerce. Everyone knows where their loyalties lie. Everyone knows whom it is that they, that they, they really are working on behalf of. And Tom Cotton's message here is just fantastic. Like, you know, you guys are coming here. Look, you're wanting a merger. And you got Democrats that are not quite as friendly when it comes to the free market system as we are. And so here you are. You trash on conservatives. You trash on Republicans. Even your own employees, if they have a diversity of belief system that isn't to the left, you get rid of them. You trash on them. You create a hostile work environment by posting and promoting lifestyles and beliefs that are counter to them. And then whenever you've got your buddies, your so-called allies, the Democrat Party, get in your way of wanting to exercise your freedoms in a free market system, you come running to the very people you trash on. Well, in the words of Tom Cotton, sorry you're going through this, but good luck with that. And that's the attitude Republicans need to start. Sever those relationships because it's one-sided. You got an opportunity at this point, and in, in, you have the working class begging for a party to represent them. This is how Trump ended up winning, because the working person no longer felt as if there was a party that truly represented them. A lot of lip service, but when it really came down to them, it was clear the results were not there. And it is very clear to the, 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 the Democrat Party is the party of Wall Street. International corporations, the Republican establishment is as well. They are cut from the same cloth there. And you have the average American, when it really truly comes down to making this country great again, in the capacity that improves the quality of life for the average American, there is no party, full party, that represents them. They are begging for it. And if Republicans start taking that position and the recognition that those like Tom Cotton uh, did there and like, good luck to you, good luck with that. You want to saddle up with the left? Then so be it. Go for it. But stop coming to us whenever they are the ones preventing you from exercising your liberties in a free market system. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. 
Now, this is a very confusing story here. House Dems kill amendment protecting religious Americans. Democrats in the House of Representatives blocked an amendment that would have protected religious Americans from retaliation based on their opposition to, among other things, same-sex marriage, uh, in order to jam legislation furthering the LGBTQ plus lobby agenda through Congress's lame duck session. House Rules Committee Chairman Representative James McGovern shot down Republicans' last chance of defending religious liberty in the ill-named Respect for Marriage Act on Monday when he refused to even let Representative Chip Roy's amendment solidifying First Amendment protections be, uh, be brought to the House floor for a vote. Um, now, th- this is an amendment that, along, that, that Representative Roy put forth along with uh, his Republican co-sponsors, uh, Byron Donalds and Doug Lamborn, they submitted the amendment uh, in order to try and, and protect religious liberties. This is an amendment that they are wanting to put on the legislation that was passed by the Senate. And the reason that Democrats were ultimately arguing that, well, we're not going to even allow that amendment to come up for a vote because then it will have to go back to the Senate uh, because before legislation can go before uh, the the executive branch for signature, both sides have to vote on the exact same thing. So oftentimes what happens, the Senate will pass a version and the House will change it up or put an amendment on it. And that means it has to go back to the Senate uh, in order for them to. And, you know, and, and so that's why oftentimes you have that being bonging back and forth. The reason this is confusing to me is because it was my understanding, according to people like Senator Roy Blunt, that religious liberties were already protected in this Legislation isn't that isn't that what his office has been telling people that the only reason that he voted for the so-called Respect for Marriage Act was because it had protections for Christians and Jews and Muslims and people of religious beliefs. If that's the case, then why is it that there was a need to put an amendment on this legislation in the House? And we can't argue, well, it was repetitive, it wasn't needed, because if that were the case, then Democrats would have been like, yeah, go ahead, because that's already in there. What what do we care? Very, very confusing. It's almost as if we're being lied to. Hmm. It's just silliness, that's all. I, I don't know what I'm thinking. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 104. Regarding the Democrat win in Georgia, someone texted in on the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line a great point. We were talking about the election laws, Jim Crow 2.0, noted the mass dehydration and starvation while standing in line to vote. Yeah, where are those stories? Am I missing these? Remember, uh, the evil Republicans were going to starve people and not allow them to have water and food, which, of course, was a lie. Uh, and how cruel and inhumane that was. Where, where Now that that law's in place, I, I failed to have he- heard any of the stories about people passing out in line or being hospitalized from severe dehydration or starvation. It's almost as if that was another lie. I, it's just it's crazy. 